everybody. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, we were off the air for a podcast yesterday, so lots of catching up to do. Um, and we'll actually start going all the way back to Tuesday for SmackDown Live. Um, so SmackDown Live, it was interesting because Dolph Ziggler is starting to have segments where he comes out and he pretends to be other wrestlers in terms of their entrances. So it was funny because for the first time I actually heard the crowd chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, and it was hilarious because it was like the crowd was outsmarting the writers. Um, I would be shocked if they ever did a CM Punk entrance with Dolph Ziggler, um, and it pretty much killed that segment. Uh, So I thought that was really funny for the crowd. It was the one time when chanting for CM Punk actually made sense, and it was hilarious because it was like the fans outsmarted the writers, and they pretty much have killed this segment going forward. Um, Of course, they'll still do it, but I think for the smart wrestling fans out there that saw that, they had to get a kick out of that. Um, I also thought that Dolph Ziggler should really start to take this gimmick over to Raw, where they could use that to kill more time with a three-hour show instead of a two-hour show like SmackDown. Uh, Also, a really good brain dropping, a good thought that I had, uh, in order to love who you are, you cannot hate the experiences that shaped you. Uh, So I thought that that was a good brain dropping. Uh, so then uh, Jonathan uh, tweeted back at me, uh, I don't know if you remember from the last episode, we were talking about uh, the odds for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. And J- Jonathan tweeted back, since when do odds matter? When's the time that they got something even remotely right? Just true. And actually, that's what I responded back. I said, true enough, just odd to me that the odds makers in Vegas have bought so much into this the kids hype and what I mean by that is obviously Marner, Nylander and Matthews Um, even as a Leafs fan which I am I don't think I'm as sold as Vegas seems to be Um, I don't know if I would put the Leafs right now ahead of Montreal and I think the Leafs are pretty even with Ottawa Um, I think obviously Ottawa may may be playing better last year than what their roster on paper is and the same thing could happen again this year. Um, but with the Leafs, I kind of worry because of the fact that they are the Maple Leafs, number one. Number two, they've got a bunch of kids on the team, which means that, you know, as good as they were as rookies, they could easily have a sophomore slump. Um, you know, Frederick Anderson, I don't necessarily believe is worth what they're paying him. And I don't know if he's a legitimate elite goaltender. Um, and the blue line is young and there's question marks. So I think there's more questions for the Leafs than answers. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Yes. Um, do I know how far into the playoffs they're going to go? That we'll have to see. And, you know, it's definitely going to be for the first time in a long time a really interesting season to watch for the Maple Leafs. Uh, John Morosi tweeted out yesterday, um, and this is old news, I'm sure, if you're watching this podcast now, but the Blue Jays agreed to a contract extension with Marco Estrada. He's had a 3.75 ERA over his last 10 starts. And John Morosi was right. He said that it's expected to include a one-year guaranteed uh, deal, and it was. It's one year, $13 million. Um a bit 
high in terms of price, but I think with Marco Estrada, the Blue Jays more or less know what they're getting. Um, you're looking at about a 500-level uh, winning record, win-loss record. You're looking at between a 3 and a 4 ERA and between a 1 and a 1.3 whip historically even if you look at his numbers this year and this was not his best year at least you know he had some bouts there that were really rough um, but you know he adds some stability to their rotation um, I think you know they definitely the Blue Jays have a capable rotation now going into next year as long as Sanchez can actually play uh, you know you've got Sanchez, Stroman, Hap and Estrada uh, the question is going to be, do the Blue Jays bring in somebody else as their fifth starter, or do they keep Biagini as a starter instead of in the bullpen? Um, I would be more interested to see Biagini in the bullpen, but we'll see what the Blue Jays have planned for him. Um, Uberfax tweeted out, pretty crazy. Uh, you can remove blood stains on clothes with Coca-Cola. Uh, so that kind of goes to show you how bad Coca-Cola is for you to drink. Um, and just my thoughts on Marco Estrada, just to kind of add to what I was saying before, it does seem like an overpayment after what was, I think for most people, an awful season, uh, not just for him, but for the entire team. Um, but it was also, I think, proof that the free agent crop this year is thin for starting pitchers. Um, and I, I think that what they paid him uh, kind of shows that. Uh, Uberfax also tweeted out, there's a diamond floating in our galaxy that is bigger than the Earth. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, then Matthew tweeted out, going back to wrestling for a second, uh, that he's trying to figure out what year this image of Ric Flair is from. Uh, they use this image kind of like going to a commercial break, talking about Charlotte Flair returning. Um, and they use this image of Ric Flair here on the left. Um, so he's trying to figure out what year this image of Ric Flair is from and why they thought this was the best picture of him. And he goes into more detail. He says they used it in 2014 uh, and flipped it on SmackDown. I swear it's his 2009 face on his 2002 body. So just to kind of show you guys, I think he's on to something. This is the 2002 image of Ric Flair being used in 2014. And this is the image that they used on SmackDown the other night. Not the same image in terms of his face, but I think that's where Matthew's getting at, that they used a 2009 image of his face, but a 2002 body including his hairline, because as he shows here, Flair's head and hairline changed around 2008, which you see there and there. So it's like they've remixed his evolution suit with that toothy grin. Um, and it looks like that. I think that's pretty crazy. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, the other day had a really great message on his show um, where he was talking about uh, how he was disappointed in Senator Bill Cassidy uh, for the Graham Cassidy bill and he was encouraging people to call 202-224-3121 to speak to their representative and let them know that they're not in favor of the Graham-Cassidy bill. So it was really a heartfelt uh, bit that Jimmy Kimmel did. 
Um, and it's interesting because, as he said himself, he knows that there's a lot of people that are going to slam him and say, oh, you know, he's politicizing his son. Um, but if you look at it, I view it more as like Bill Cassidy is politicizing Jimmy Kimmel's son because he's even going so far as to say like it passes, quote, the Jimmy Kimmel test, which Jimmy Kimmel talks about. Um, it, it's just a crazy situation. If you haven't seen the video, definitely check it out. I've got it on twitter.com slash the John D. Newton. Um, very passionate. Um, you know, it, it's one of those rare instances where you watch a late night show host and, um, you know, th there's humor a little bit, but there's more of a stronger message behind it. And uh, I would say kudos to Jimmy Kimmel for using his platform uh, to get that message out to Americans. And there was a lot of feedback, obviously, based on what Jimmy Kimmel did. Uh, Joshua tweeted out, Jimmy Kimmel more effectively framed the insanity of this issue than any elected Democrat I've ever heard speak on it. And I totally agree with Joshua. I think what Jimmy Kimmel did in those seven minutes um, is, is a much stronger, um, not necessarily cry for help, but uh, it's a much stronger message, I would say, than what the Democrats have been using about healthcare. Um, so I would totally agree with Joshua, and I think the Democrats have something to learn watching that clip, uh, hopefully. I doubt it, but hopefully they were paying attention to that. Uh, Laura Cohen tweeted in, uh, Jimmy Kimmel is a good human for using his celebrity and his platform this way. Bravo to him and his people. And as I was saying before, like I totally agree with that. Uh, and then Frank Thorpe uh, tweeted, here is Senator Cassidy's statement in response to Jimmy Kimmel's opening monologue uh, where he criticized Graham Cassidy. Uh, so this is exactly what Senator Cassidy said. We have a September 30th deadline on our promise. Let's finish the job. We must because there is a mother and father whose child will have insurance because of Graham Cassidy Heller Johnson. There is someone whose pre-existing condition will be addressed because of this. I dedicated my medical career to care for such as these. This is why this bill must pass. Um, so obviously not really addressing what Jimmy Kimmel said at all, um, which in a way to me makes it look even worse. Uh, Jennifer Bendry tweeted, uh, Cassidy's statement doesn't address anything that Kimmel said. Exactly what I said. Uh, Uberfax tweeted, one-fifth of Earth's oxygen is produced by the Amazon rainforest. Um, I think everybody's aware that, you know, the Amazon rainforest is responsible for quite a bit of oxygen that we breathe. Um, I don't know if anybody knew, though, that it's actually one-fifth or 20%. That's a lot, obviously. Um, then there was this image, and I've talked a lot about G GFW, Global Force Wrestling, um, but I wasn't aware until Matthew tweeted this out that Impact Wrestling rebranded to GFW, but they're now going back to being known as Impact Wrestling because they didn't finalize the rights to GFW. And there's a the Jim Cornette face there. Um, yeah, like I, you know, as a wrestling fan, you want to see a competitor for the WWE, like a really good one. You want to see like a, a WCW type 
group emerge, but it just doesn't exist, man. And and uh, GFW or now Impact Wrestling again, uh, they just kind of prove how just unprepared they are. Like they can't even change their name properly. You know, like they they've got so many issues um, in terms of payment for wrestlers in the past. Um, you know, they've lost re- a lot of wrestlers, a lot of their main stars. You look at AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, um, you know, they almost lost James Storm. Um, you know, they, do they still have some good talent there? Yeah, I think EC3 is, is so underrated, and I think he's a really big star. He has so much charisma, um, you know, and they've got others as well. But, you know, I, I just don't see them ever competing on that level not even coming close um and this is just kind of proof that they're just kind of spinning their wheels they can't even change their name properly it's really sad to be honest um so yesterday or actually the the last podcast i should say uh we were talking about the calgary flame season will be like blank uh so this is something from tim and sid show which I also wanted to share with you guys. Uh, so they're going through all of the Canadian teams, and they're now they've made it from Calgary to Edmonton. And for the Edmonton Oilers, they're saying that their season will be like Home Depot, so much hardware, including a Vesna for Talbot. So that's a pretty bold prediction there. But obviously, the other hardware, I don't think anybody would be shocked if McDavid uh, got again. And you know, everybody's hoping in Canada and especially Edmonton that. Uh, Maybe they can walk away with the Stanley Cup this year as well. Uh, John tweeted in, The Oilers season will be the best in Canada. Uh, That even comes from a Habs fan. Um, And I would agree. I think Edmonton is in the best position to win a Stanley Cup uh, out of all the Canadian teams. And, you know, we'll see if they can be the first team in Canada to win one since 1993 in Montreal. Uh, This was a good one. Uh, basically that the Edmonton Oilers season will be a thumbs up from Chuck Norris it doesn't get any better than that Um, going back into politics um, this was 21 hours ago so we're back in the 24-hour frame Uh, the New York Times tweeted out breaking news that Mueller has sought a range of records that suggest Trump's actions in office are under scrutiny. So the investigation getting a little bit deeper now. Uh, Abby Phillip added that Mueller wants documents on Trump's firing of Comey, Flynn, and his meeting with Russian officials bragging about Comey's firing. And Mueller has his sights focused on Trump's obstruction of justice. He's also interviewed Rosenstein. And this is obviously talking about the Trump-Russia investigation. Uh, Andrew Peng tweeted, The New York Times reports that Mueller's office sent a document to the White House detailing 13 areas that investigators want more information about. And Emma Loop tweeted, The biggest takeaway for me from this newest New York Times story on Mueller is that this story is actually coming from the White House, and it's even saying according to White House officials. So all that talk about this administration trying to prevent leaks from happening, the leaks are still happening. These stories are still getting out there, including to the New York Times. 
And Chris Saliza from uh, CNN said, the call is coming from inside the White House. Uh, But going back uh, to the match game from Tim and Sid, uh, the Oilers season will be Wayne Gretzky clapping. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Sean Everson said that the Edmonton Oilers season will be Glorious with Bobby Roode. Visually Better tweeted out that the Oilers season will be uh, Peter Shirelli doing the shuffle uh, from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Then this was interesting. This was like a, a, a bit bit of a bickering back and forth between the Montreal Canadiens and the new expansion team, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Montreal tweeted out to the Golden Knights, good for you, you must be very proud of this incredible preseason accomplishment. And the Vegas Golden Knights tweeted back, we're definitely proud, but not as proud as Montreal is of how many championships they won when there were only six teams in the league. So a bit of digging back and forth between those two teams. It's actually interesting because you know, it adds to the storyline for when those two teams face each other in the regular season. Um, then there was this. Uh, for the New York Knicks, <laughs> sorry, this kills me. Uh, Beasley says, I'm one of the best players in the league. And as he's saying that, the reporter that's holding up the microphone to him right there, you do a close-up of his face reacting to that statement, and he doesn't look impressed or that he believes that. Uh, then Jeff tweeted in, the Oilers' season will be like a runaway snowball, gaining speed, power, and crushing fools. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, so then Kyle uh, tweeted in, the Oilers' season will be sweet revenge. <laughs> and it's a good meme there. It says, they broke my collarbone, I will break their hearts. And it's Connor McDavid there. So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Ed O'Keefe uh, tweeted in, Uh, In an interview with Iowa reporters, Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican, says that he doubts the Cassidy-Graham bill will pass, even though he supports it. Um, So pretty interesting there. Uh, Grassley also said, we promised to repeal Obamacare, so we, quote, must pass this bill regardless of what's in it. Um, And that part, regardless of what's in it, I think is what scares people, and it should scare people. It's like they're putting politics above the people, and that is so wrong, and that never works. Uh, So Lindsey Graham in the past has tweeted out saying, a bill finalized yesterday has not been scored, amendments not allowed, and three hours final debate should be viewed with caution. And Andy retweeted that and said, Senator, when you're right, you're right. Um, So a bit of a dig there at Lindsey Graham when it comes to his own bill for health care. Also interesting bit of news tweeted in by Justin, Google purchased parts of HTC's mobile division for $1.1 billion. Uh, So the deal should close by early 2018. That's going to be very interesting to see what Google ends up doing with the technology from HTC. So um, the clips, unfortunately, aren't playing, but 
there was a lot of really interesting things that Charles Barkley had to say about things like super teams. Uh, he was talking about the schedule being changed so that there's no more back-to-back games. Um, he was talking about you know, the $100 million contracts in the NBA. Um, so some really, really interesting comments that Charles Barkley had to say. Um, definitely, if you're interested, I recommend you guys checking it out. Twitter.com slash the John D. Newton. Really, really interesting things that Charles Barkley had to say. Um, but moving on, uh, Uberfax tweeted out, Being in love increases your desire to lie and break rules. Um, Lee Jenkins tweeted, What happened to Dwight Howard? A story of faith, temptation, shame, and hope for renewal in Sports Illustrated. And also they were saying that, you know, basically Dwight Howard, he's hoping to regain the magic that he had in Orlando. And, you know, for me, I just don't see that happening because, you know, physically he got hurt. And ever since he's come back, he just hasn't been the same player. And not to mention just the fact that the game has changed. Um, you know, it's now very much a three-ball game, and the game's getting smaller. The value of centers that can play the game, you know, even the most dominant centers, they don't have as much of an impact in games anymore. And, you know, you can, you can go and even ask uh, Jonas Valanciunas with the Raptors. Um, you know, a lot of times he's sitting on the bench during big moments in games because that's the way the game dictates the play now. So... Um, you know, even if somehow, some way, Dwight Howard can recapture how good he was in Orlando, it may not matter because the game is just different now. Uh, Bloomberg tweeted out that Nicaragua will join the Paris Climate Accord, leaving Trump alone with Syria. Um, so that's pretty big news. Uh, Emily added to that, and remember, the reason Syria didn't join is because it was busy being ravaged by civil war. Um, So pretty interesting point there. Um, And then another tweet here, to be clear, Nicaragua was opposed because it didn't go far enough, talking about the Paris climate deal. The country's one of the most aggressive when it comes to climate change. Um, Emily Atkin tweeted out, the main reason Nicaragua is joining is solidarity with the countries most vulnerable to the impact of natural disasters. And then she adds, imagine that. Um, so a bit of a dig there at Trump, obviously with, with what's going on in the U.S. right now. Uh, Senator Tom Carper added, when it's 196 world leaders versus you and Bashar al-Assad, you're doing something wrong, Mr. President. Hashtag Paris Agreement. And I would agree with that. Uh, Then France's President Macron says he wants to try to still convince President Trump not to pull out of the Paris climate change. Um, And then earlier today, this morning, uh, the NHL started their China games. It's one of two games that they're playing over in China. And I was tweeting on that based on what I saw. I think the NHL is kind of getting what they deserve after pulling out of the Olympics. A lot of empty seats at the NHL China games. Uh, The NHL is also hoping the Coyotes home opener has better attendance than the NHL China games. Kind of embarrassing. Um, This was interesting. This was a highlight from NXT last night. Uh, There was a female wrestler, Bianca Belair, and in her match, what she ends up doing 
it's kind of hard to see it, but she uses her hair in a ponytail, and she uses it as like a whip, uh, something I've never seen before. Uh, so pretty creative uh, from Bianca Belair on NXT. Uh, then there was this from Kyle Hill, who was saying that if you blow air through sand, it becomes a fluidized bed and acts like a liquid. Uh, so he's got a video where there's like a balloon or a ball that's just sitting there. And as he's blowing air through the sand, he's actually able to move it and it looks like liquid. Um, so if you're interested, definitely check that out. Twitter.com slash the John D. Newton. Um, Xavier Brochart uh, responded back to me about the NHL China games. He said, high prices and new audience to educate, still a long way to go. And I absolutely agree with it. Obviously, I was just poking fun at the NHL China games, but I do agree with him. I think that, you know, the high prices definitely played a part in that. And, you know, at the same time, they're trying to educate a, a totally new audience to hockey. Um, still, I like to have fun. So I tweeted, I can't believe the NHL keeps playing the Mortal Kombat song between play and showing Liu Kang on the Jumbotron during the NHL China games. Hashtag so racist. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And then there was this image from EarthPix of crystal clear waters in Hawaii, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out, there's a story on Phoenix restricted free agent Alex Lenz plan to become an unrestricted free agent in 2018. Um, I tweeted back, people care. Uh, the New York Times tweeted out that, and this is a, such a sad story, um, and I, I honestly can't believe this happened, uh, but in Oklahoma City, a policeman fatally shot a deaf man as neighbors yelled out that he couldn't hear commands to drop a metal pipe. Um, that is such an incredibly devastating story. Um, ooh, man, uh, when I first saw that, it got me, and even just reading it now to you guys on the podcast, it, it's getting me still... Um, you know, so much that we see with officers just abusing their power. And, you know, this to date might be one of the most disgusting things. You know, they've shot people in the back. Um, to shoot a deaf person who can't hear your commands when people are telling you that he's deaf and he can't hear your commands. Uh, man. Um, words can't describe how disgusting that is and how sad and, and frustrating that is um, and my, my thoughts and prayers and well wishes go out to uh, Magil Sanchez um, who was the deaf person that got fatally shot in Oklahoma City uh, it's such a devastating story and such a sad story um, the officer that did um, shoot fatally shoot the deaf person uh, is on administrative leave right now um, but I really hope that there's a criminal investigation on this because uh, it's it's a sad story man it's it's not good um, uh, so some good news um, on, on the flip side uh, ABC News tweeting out that uh, sea turtle numbers are recovering and it's all because of humans conservation efforts so really good stuff there um, going into sports 
uh, the Toronto FC lost to the Montreal Impact, and that kind of worries me because one loss in the playoffs is all it takes uh, to not win the championship again. Obviously, Toronto FC came so close last year when they went to the shootout, um, so some pretty scary stuff there. Um, Xavier Brochart tweeted, the NHL should definitely go abroad more often. There's definitely something to learn from these games. And the Velveteen Dream in NXT tweeted out uh, using Pennywise, I'll see you in your dreams. Um, there, there was an interesting segment on NXT yesterday where Aleister Black for the first time spoke and um, Velveteen Dream came out and he got kicked and Aleister Black just sat down, um, you know, cross-legged Indian style as he usually does and Velveteen Dream just kind of like crawled towards him and then slithered his way out of the ring. Um, so pretty crazy stuff. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that feud. Um, and I want to thank you guys for watching the show. We'll see you on the next podcast.